1: in this old world what's fair we walk blind we try to see
2: Pray. God, you speak to us in your holy scriptures. You speak to us in song, through lyric and unexpected harmonies. You speak to us in friends, both long-time and brand new, as new as today. You speak to us and we do our best to listen. We listen for your holy spirit moving like the wind rustling the tr- leaves on the trees. We listen to the nudge of your Holy Spirit in our hearts to call up a friend or to speak peace to someone in pain or to plant a seed of the dream you have given us. I pray, O Lord, that you would open our ears as we are together today, that we would know your presence with us and that we would respond with our voices and our actions praising you. Amen. I invite you now to stand and to sing with us.
1: And wait for thee, sweet of
2: we can be hard on ourselves when we don't get things right, when we say the wrong thing, or we act out of jealousy, or we take advantage of others. God sees sin, and God is not surprised. For we, humanity, have a long track record of messing up before God, and yet God still comes to us anyway. God's unconditional love makes it so there's nothing that we can do to make it right before God. We just need to follow at the heels of Jesus who does. Knowing that we are already forgiven in Jesus Christ, I invite you to join me in saying the prayer of admission before you. God, we are a people of hope. There is no anxiety depression, rage, doubt, or sadness that you cannot reach and heal. Forgive us when we forget to practice hope in you. Forgive us when we allow our sin to take shape and harm ourselves and others around us. Free us to live with you.
1: Spirit, three
3: in
2: Receive this good news. God loves us so much that God took on flesh, love with flesh, to come near near each one of us so that we would know that there is nothing that can separate us that, from God's love for us. So may we know God's forgiveness. May we receive it. May we live at peace. Amen. At this time, I invite Stacy and Justin Williams forward with their son Luke for his baptism. <laughs> This morning, Justin and Stacy present to you their child, Luke Thomas Williams, to receive the sacrament of baptism. Luke, beloved child of God, for you, Christ Jesus came into this world. For you, he lived and showed God's love. For you, he suffered the darkness of the cross and cried at last, it is finished. For you, he rose again to new life. For you, he reigns at God's right hand now and forevermore. All of this Christ Jesus did for you, long before you knew anything of it, so that through these waters, (laughs) this is going to be fun, (laughs) through these waters and words of scripture, may they come to be fulfilled in your own life, Luke. May you love because you have been loved first. Justin and Stacey, Having heard these words, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith, to embody hearts of service and love, and to teach the faith, although he might be teaching you? (laughs) Do you promise to share the faith with your children? We do. To you, those gathered here, members of the Church of Jesus Christ, Do you promise to guide, support, and nurture Luke in his faith? Through your words and actions, with love and prayer, will you encourage him to know and follow Christ and empower him to be a faithful member of the church? If so, say, we do. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you great thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, who washed over this world with your love. In the same way, by the power of your Holy Spirit, may this water now wash over Luke so that in his life he too may share your love with others. In your holy name we ask this. Amen. Amen. What is the Christian name of your child? Luke Thomas Williams. Hey. Luke Thomas Williams, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May God allow you to know everything Christ commanded of you, and may you know, Luke, that Christ is with you to the end of the age. Let us pray. Lord, we give you great thanks for the gift of Luke Thomas Williams. We prayed for him, and Stacy and Justin welcomed him into their home. Their family and friends have cared for him, laughed with him, and encouraged him. We have committed this day to raise him together in the faith of Jesus Christ. And so I pray that he would always have this sense of joy and glee when it comes to his faith in you. I pray, O Lord, that you would protect him from all evil and that you would nurture him in your steadfast love. I pray that Luke is surrounded throughout his life with people who see him and love him and follow him. May Luke grow into a leader like his parents who bring your kingdom near. We pray this in Jesus' name. Ah. Amen. 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 (laughs) This is the greatest news. Luke has been baptized into the one holy church of Jesus Christ. God has made him a member of the household of God to share with us in the priesthood of all believers So I encourage you during this holy interruption time to come welcome the newly baptized, our newest brother in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He's happy. (laughs) 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 He might need to do the sermon today. What do y'all think? That's good. Now is the time for holy interruption. I invite you to stand. Coffee is around the corner. We'll come back for the proclamation of the word. Does everybody have a lima bean? They're in your chairs, and if you don't have one, they're by um, each of the offering bowls if you need to grab one. I do want to announce, if you haven't seen already, that Pastor Lucas and Gardner had a baby, Um, a baby boy. His name is Jasper Jones, and um, he's doing well, and Mama and Daddy and Big Brother are all doing well. Today is our final sermon in the sermon series we've been doing on the biblical imagery of trees, and it's fun to be outside looking around at the trees that are already here and also imagining maybe a few more trees, you know, like a canopy of shade would be really, really lovely, one that that stretched to the stage would be great. Uh, That's the thing about God's kingdom, though. Like trees, they are already here, and they are also not yet. They await our planting. We're going to learn about the kingdom of God in our scripture passage today. I'm about to read the Apostles, Paul's letter to the Romans, um, chapter 8. You can follow along with me in your program, or if you're listening to the podcast in your Bible at home. Listen now for God's word to you. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its enslavement to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know That the whole creation has been groaning together as it suffers together the pains of labor. And not only the creation, but we ourselves. We ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies, the Word of God for the people of God. The title of today's sermon is Jesus is Coming. Plant a tree. French author Jean Gioni tells the story of a shepherd who changed the entire landscape of a desolate valley in the Alps of Provence, France. The story begins in the year 1913. A young man, a young traveler, went on a hiking trip through Provence into the Alps, and he wanted to enjoy unspoiled wilderness. Well, along the way, he runs out of water, and he's in a treeless, desolate valley where only wildflowers grow. There's no trace of civilization, only old, crumbling, abandoned buildings. He finds a well, but it's dried up, no water to be found. His life is spared only when he encounters a middle-aged shepherd by the name Elzeard, Elzayard, after being widowed, decided to restore the ruined landscape of the abandoned valley by single-handedly planting acorns, seeds. Elzeard leads this famished, (laughs) thirsty, traveling stranger to a well that he has found. And the way that Elzayard replanted the landscape is he, he makes holes in the ground with his iron staff, and then he drops the acorns that he's collected from far away. He's growing beech and birch saplings to plant there too. Well, this young traveler, he decides that he wants to stay for a little while with this really intriguing shepherd. He stays with him and follows him every day, same thing, planting seeds. Eventually, the young traveler has to go home. Later, he, he fights in the First World War And then when he returns from the war home, he is worn out and depressed, and he decides, okay, I'm going to go on another hiking trip. And he decides to go back to that same spot outside of Provence, France. Except this time, he's surprised that the valley is full of young sapling trees, all different kinds, and what's more, there are streams of water running down. He discovers that Elzeard is no longer a shepherd, get this, because his sheep kept eating the young sapling trees. So he quit that shepherding nonsense and now he is a beekeeper. We have a lot to learn from Elzeyard the shepherd. He is a child of God, growing fruits of the spirit. He is planting seeds that he has carried a long distance to reforce the valley. He is changing a landscape from decay to new life, and as he changes the landscape, he is changing himself. Elzeard, he helps us understand Paul's letter to the Romans. We have to remember that these early Christians in Rome, they're struggling between allegiances, allegiances to the Roman Empire and then to this man named Jesus who died and rose from the dead. There is no blueprint for them on how to be the first church. They are they're trying by trial and error. They are struggling to picture a new landscape in their current reality. Have y'all ever felt that way before? Like maybe when you look at your schedule or you read the news or, I don't know, you're just thinking about what is required of you and you feel completely overwhelmed. And you're not sure what the next best step is to take. That's where these early Christians are. And Paul, seeing their suffering, points them to the greater vision that we all share, any of us who follow Jesus. Jesus has already told us the end. He's already given us a glimpse of it, that that Jesus is gonna come back and not just redeem us, our bodies, but the entire creation around us. Anyone who started a business or who has labored and had a baby, anyone who's created a piece of art can relate to the fears and the anxieties that come with trying to begin something new, seemingly out of nothing. There's grit that you have to find within yourself or in your faith in Jesus. We know it is hard because you can't anticipate what is coming. You can't fully see it. You just have to start. Paul reminds us that we are not creating out of nothing. We all have seeds to work with. Paul reminds us that everything in decay is just a blank canvas for new life. Desolate land? Yes. Polluted air? Yes. Each of us? Yes. Everything will be redeemed. Paul points us back to when God created the earth and everything that's in it back in Genesis... God created it good, and we might remember the Garden of Eden and those first humans. Those trees were just spontaneously producing. They didn't have to work the ground. They didn't have to harvest the plants. They just would reach up and pick a fruit. Wouldn't that be nice? You guys might remember that when those first humans disobeyed God, the consequence was that they had to leave the Garden of Eden and that they would have to toil in the land. They would have to toil in pains of labor to bring about new babies, new generations. That's why in verse 19, Paul says, creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. And not just creation, but we ourselves, we wait eagerly to be set free from decay, we ourselves wait to obtain the freedom of glory promised us. We ourselves groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Just this week I was talking with two different people and they were both at crossroads, at crossroads. One of them at crossroads in their career, another at crossroads in their primary relationship. And there appeared to just be two options either I stay or I go. Option A, option B. And for those people, both of those options felt a bit like decay. Like, you know, you make your pros and your cons list when you're making a decision. Is that just me? Make your pros and your cons list. Well, their con list was pretty long for both options. Here's what God is saying to them, maybe to you. God is saying, hey, guess what? There's more than two options. There's more than option A and option B. There's option C and D and E, F, G, and Z. Then you start all over again. Option A, A and B, B and C, C. Here's what we need though. We need the vision, the lens to see an entirely new landscape. There are theologians who would look at this text and then argue with me, a Presbyterian, a believer in predestination that God already knows our future, God already has it in store for us, and they would say, hey, Dawn, does that mean that we just have to wait? We don't have to do anything, just wait and suffer, right? That's what you Presbyterians would tell me, no, no. Actually, the fact that God has given us the kingdom the redemption of all of creation and our bodies causes us to have a response, to go ahead and do something, to bend down and plant a seed in the ground. Think about Elzeard, the shepherd turned beekeeper. Had he not had hope that someone would take care of the valley that he's planting, would he be planting it at all? No, he trusted He trusted that someone would come and care for that valley of young saplings. He trusted that the land would receive the seeds and that they would be resilient little suckers that would be able to pop up out of the ground even before the streams fell to water them. It takes wild hope to risk planting some seeds. It takes wild hope that all of creation, we ourselves will be restored We have to put on these Wild Hope glasses and look around, go ahead and look around at the dirt piles and and the concrete blocks and the wild weeds and to be able to imagine a canopy of trees here. When we, downtown church, were gifted this land, which is basically the building to the cars and back to a greenhouse that you can't even see because it's covered in wild weeds. When we were gifted this land about... Three years ago, there were huge oil tanks under the ground where you're sitting right now. Huge, massive tanks full of oil. So before we even received the gift of this land, we had to dig them up. I mean, I wasn't digging them up. I wasn't going anywhere near that. But we had to pay for people to come dig them up, to drain all the oil out of them, and then to have environmentalists, environmental engineers come out and test the soil. To make sure that it was clean enough for us to do this right here, so we did that, and they were able to let us know, yeah, the soil is is clean enough for you to have worship and to host events, but don't you dare have a daycare. Don't you dare put um, elder facilities here on this land. It's too toxic for that. The soil is still a bit contaminated still needs to be reworked. The the landscape needs to change. And there's a tree that can do that. A tree that when planted in this ground over time will change the composition of the soil, that will return it to the health of the soil before this was an energy plant. There's an opportunity for you and I to be just like Elzayard, right here, to put on those Wild Hope glasses and, and to not see red dirt or wild weeds, but a grove of trees that our kids could play in. I don't know anything about trees. I feel like that's an important confession to make. In fact, I do not have a green thumb at all. Everything I touch turns brown, which is why I need your help. I want to figure out which trees we can plant here to change the composition of the soil. I need to know how many trees, how do we get them, where do we plant them, and when. With you, I want to figure it out because I want to see this landscape change before our very eyes. And when we see an outside landscape change, y'all, the internal one can't help but change Right now, our kids are learning uh, the same story in scripture that we are. They're reading Paul's letter to the Romans and they're taking these seeds that you have, lima bean seeds, and they're planting them. That's because Trina, our director of Downtown Kids, is a genius. And she and the other eight teachers up there know that if they can show kids the power of a seed, if they can see it with their own eyes, the growth and transformation that can take place, they know it's possible in them, in us, in this dirt here. They're planting these lima beans in cotton balls, wet cotton balls in a glass mason jar. And Trina tells me, I'm gonna test it out, but I trust her, in seven to 10 days, this lima bean will sprout in a cotton ball and you can see the roots like we've been talking about in this sermon series and you'll see the resilient sprout and even leaves, she says, in seven to 10 days. in cotton and glass, what more can grow in God's dirt? What more can grow in each of us? I want you to hold on to this lima bean maybe plant it. If you plant it in this ground, Tim Gatson, our building guy, he might get a little upset with you. We need trees, right? I want you to take this with you and I want you to pray this week that we would be like El Zayard. I want us to pray that even in our suffering, we might plant like the kids a seed outside of ourselves to see what is possible. I want you to pray with me that we will change this landscape bringing life and energy to a land in decay. As we change the landscape, believe you me, God will change us. Thanks be to God. Amen.
0: To live beneath the dirt, a tiny space to move and breathe is all that I would ever need. I wanna live beneath the dirt, where I'd be free from push and shove like all those swarming up above. In the heels I'd spend my time
1: I'd wiggle in the earth and do something to name into
0: Sometimes I would think of you since you name it. is worth.
1: to
2: We pray this day for our leaders. Lord, give us humble postures to serve your people. We pray for those who are sick, those in hospitals, those who are sick and still going through regular rhythms of daily life. We pray for strained relationships between parents and kids, siblings, spouses, and friends. Give us the courage to plant seeds of honesty and forgiveness. Give us your vision to see newness that is possible through you. We pray this day for struggling artists, for business owners. We pray for our government and for our neighboring nations. We pray for those struggling to pay bills and who are having to reach out and ask for help. Make us attentive, O Lord, to the humming of the people around us. Make us your people able to see the kingdom right here, right now. And hear us as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you now to stand and to say with me what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Community, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead,
3: Praise to the Lord above all things so wondrously
2: And as you go from this time of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you. And with all those you love, and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen.
0: If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.